Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Newsworthy. This is Brian Crescenti. I'm the executive editor of Polygon. And Newsworthy is an interview show that aims to talk about the intersection of news and games with newsmakers and thought leaders, both inside and outside the game industry. Today, we sit down with Epic Games founder Tim Sweeney to discuss his concerns about Windows 10 and Microsoft becoming a monopoly. For more than six years, Epic Games and Microsoft were strong partners, with Epic delivering the Gears of War franchise exclusively to the Xbox 360 and Windows platforms. In 2014, Epic sold the rights for the franchise to Microsoft to let them continue the game's saga. But since the release of Windows 10, Sweeney has found himself increasingly concerned that Microsoft is deliberately setting out to turn its ubiquitous operating system into a walled garden through the Windows Store. This morning, an editorial by Sweeney ran in The Guardian calling for Microsoft to back away from what he sees as monopolistic plans before it does irreparable damage to PC gamers and PC users everywhere. I chatted with Sweeney on the eve of his letter's publication to find out what it was that drives his concerns and just how big an impact he thinks Microsoft's evil plan will have on computer users everywhere. You wrote a letter today. Well, I, actually, I guess you wrote it this week, perhaps, but you've sent it off to The Guardian uh, to run about uh, the universal Windows platform. Is that right? That's UWP. Right. What, uh, so just in a nutshell, for people who may not be familiar, what is uh, UWP? The Universal Windows Platform is a bundle of several really good ideas with one very bad idea. Um, and the good idea in UWP is uh, to create, Microsoft is effectively creating one set of programming interfaces or APIs uh, that span all Microsoft devices, um, including PC, Windows, HoloLens, um, Microsoft Phone, and everything else. Uh, with the intent of making it easy if a developer has shipped a game on one Microsoft platform to make it easy to go everywhere else. Um, so, so just the concept, in concept, on a high level, you as a developer make something for, say, Xbox One, and then that thing that you made you could sell on all the platforms with little or no work. Is that sort of the concept? Yeah, exactly. Uh, to make it easier for developers to target all of these platforms. And that will become important as the platforms in the world become more complex over time. You know, just in recent years, we've seen smartphones come out and tablets, um, and now we have virtual reality headsets and augmented reality. So we should expect the number of platforms people use, to use to increase in the future. So making it easy to bring apps to all of the platforms is really valuable. But the real danger in what Microsoft is doing is, as they have con- currently constructed it, um, it looks like a way of locking um, developers into the Microsoft Store, um, Currently, today, the PC is an open platform. You know, it's the freest platform. Uh, it's the freest commercial platform in the world, at least. Um, you know, if you're not a Linux uh, programmer, um, you probably use Windows. Um, you can buy software from anywhere or download it for free from the internet. You can go to any company's website and download their software, um, and no, nobody's standing between a developer and a user in the process. Um, It's very contrasted with the iPhone or Android where you have to go to Apple's App Store and you have to buy programs from Apple. And you can only buy programs that Apple approves and chooses to put in their App Store. Um, And there are some that they don't um, for reasons that are sometimes controversial. Um, We've come to accept that on smartphones, but as a PC developer, we've been making games for 
25 years. I, I shipped my first games on the PC by copying floppy disks. I didn't need to get Microsoft's permission then, and I'm not going to tolerate uh, Microsoft making changes to the platform uh, that require me to get their permission um, to give my software to users. Um, uh, so uh, the, the real fight here is over uh, keeping Windows open um, and making sure uh, that something doesn't come along which closes it down. So, and, and my understanding is under the guidelines, uh, essentially, you need, do you need to be, uh, you have to apply for uh, uh, the, uh, the Windows Store to use UWP, or, or what is it that's sort of tying you down to that? Um, well, there are several mechanisms. Uh, you know, these are digitally signed applications um, right. that require uh, submitting the program to a Microsoft website and them approving it. Um, there's no indication right now that the approval process for a program is going to be vexatious. Um, but the fact is, if you, uh, as a normal Windows user, uh, you can only get these UWP programs from the Windows Store. Um, to download a UWP program from a website, um, Microsoft creates a, created a bunch of obstructions that make that not impossible, but extremely difficult. Um, you have to dig into the bunch of operating system settings. They're buried very deep and um, turn on a bunch of things, and then you need to click through a bunch of warning screens, and eventually you can figure it out. But it looks like a deliberate process to introduce friction into the software experience to steer everybody into the Windows Store um, and to away from channels like Steam um, or RiotGames.com, where you can get League of Legends um, or... Yeah, Battle.net, where you can get Blizzard's games. Now, currently, um, you're, what you're referring to are, are strictly, I assume, UWP games or UWP programs. That's right. So right now, we live in a world with Windows 10 where perhaps that's not a big part of what people are, are seeing. Like you typically right now, if I go to a website and download a program, I'm not going to see these warnings. That's right. That's right. So historically, uh, Windows applications have been in the Win32 format. It's a set of programming interfaces that have defined Windows for a very long time. Uh, all of Epic's games on the market today for PC are in Win32 format. Um, all of Valve's games, all of Riot's games, everyone's. Um, with Windows 10, Microsoft continues to support Win32, but they've also introduced this new UWP format, um, which is currently locked down um, to the Windows Store um, and uh, you know follows the kind of walled garden model of the iOS app store. Um, now today they adjust side by side so you could just say well we'll just run one thirty two problem programs, no problem, right? But the risk is over time Microsoft introduces new awesome operating system features and only exposes them to UWP. So that over time the Win32 experience will not improve as fast or maybe even get worse um, and have more and more obstructions thrown in the way um, and UWP will get better and you know would push users out of Steam and out of competing services and into their uh, their own app store right. and that's not fair uh, you know Microsoft is has far majority of uh, the the market for personal computer operating systems. The Department of Justice established that in a significant trial that resulted in a judgment against them. Um, and they cannot do things, Microsoft, uh, that disadvantage competitors, um, you know, participating in the Windows platform. The Department of Justice lawsuit uh, concerned Microsoft uh, disadvantaging um, uh, Netscape in some complicated ways, uh, but this is a bigger move. It disadvantages 
every developer and every publisher who currently makes their Windows software available to users. Now, is, and I, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, Windows Store is bundled in, or is that a download? Do you, do you recall for Windows 10? Uh, Windows Store is a part of Windows 10. Um, you, uh, you install Windows 10, and it's right there on your desktop. It's your default store, um, like the iOS app store is on, um, on iOS. Right. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's perfectly reasonable to me that Microsoft adds cool new features to their operating system and operates their own store and curates it the way they choose. Um, you know, my sole argument is against Microsoft using their power of compulsion through control of Windows uh, to force people to use their store, or even if not to force them, to make using alternatives so inconvenient over time um, that, you know, through natural forces, people do end up in their ecosystem. Because Microsoft has given its own store advantages that Steam and Epic and Riot and everybody else cannot take advantage of. Right. Um, do you uh, do you think that if we were to go down this road and less and less people are using Win32 and more using the store, do you think that at some point their plan is to phase out Win32? Or what do you think would happen in that? That's my concern. Uh, you know, Microsoft is a black box. I know uh, a lot of people there who are really awesome, smart people uh, who want to do the right thing. And then there are other people there who uh, appear not to be because of some of the bad decisions they're making on Windows 10. Um, so uh, I, there's not proof of an evil plan to do this, but just the fear uh, that what they've currently done with UWP is certainly locked down um, and makes it really hard uh, to, to escape from. Um, and if they are to continue to lock that down further and further over time, then, you know, eventually we die. And so, uh, you know, being Epic, we, we want to fight for our rights as independent software developers to make PC software without Microsoft's permission. And uh, my tendency is to fight this really early on as they're starting to do it and not wait till they've gained so much momentum that we lose. What, um, what, what is it about this week or, or now that made you decide to go to write an, an open letter as opposed to doing this when, when 10 was first announced or sometime between now and then? Well, uh, this became a first-class epic concern back in the Windows 8 days uh, when Microsoft introduced uh, this. They initially called it WinRT, um, and now it's been renamed uh, the Universal Windows Platform. Um, you know, we started conversations uh, with Microsoft uh, executives and technical folks there and had a number of meetings with Microsoft uh, where they really listened patiently to our, our concerns. And I'm grateful for those, uh, those folks for doing that. Um, but, you know, so this, uh, this is not uh, going to come as a surprise to them. Um, the discussion has been going on for well over a year. Um, and, uh, you know, Windows 10 launched uh, with these defaults in place, uh, which leave UWP locked down. And I've been hoping for Microsoft to fix it. But very recently in this last month, uh, in this last week, uh, they launched a bunch of games on Windows Store um, and had a major marketing event around it promoting um, you know, the store and the integration of uh, the Xbox Live uh, service with Windows um, available through UWP and putatively only through UWP, um, which indicates they're starting to now give UWP programs certain advantages over regular Windows programs and, you know, drive people more and more into this ecosystem. So, you know, now seems like the time. They've had plenty of time to try to address these concerns, and 
now they're launching their marketing campaign around Windows gaming and the Windows Store in a way that really makes me question their intentions. So the, you, you've had, obviously, a lot of conversations with them. Besides listening, have they, what has been their sort of reaction? Have they, have they in any way made it sound like they understand your concerns? Well, there are definitely some very smart people in Microsoft who do understand the concerns and want to do the right thing. Um, what is happening with the rest of the people in Microsoft is a kind of a black box to me. Um, there are a lot of vice presidents and a lot of decision makers and a lot of stakeholders and decisions that affect Windows product revenue. And uh, the decisions Microsoft has made on Windows 10 leave me not trusting their process to do the right thing. Even though these people I trust and respect individually want to do the right thing, it just looks too risky um, to count on that and to delay uh, speaking up you know, at, until some point in the future when it's much clearer that this is a, an evil plan. So, so just to put this in perspective, and maybe you don't know this off the top of your head, but obviously Epic makes a very popular engine, the Unreal Engine. Do you have a sense of what portion of games use the Unreal Engine? Like, In other words, let's say you guys never supported uh, UWP. How impactful would that be in terms of the number of games that use your engine? Well, the the reason people can count on Epic's engine in the long term um, is everybody receives the full source code to it. Um, so Epic choosing not to support UWP uh, doesn't prevent one of our licensees like you know Activision or Warner Brothers or anybody else from supporting UWP if they choose uh, to take our code and implement it themselves. So Epic is not in a position to block the industry from doing this. Right. Um, okay. As to the size of the game market, um, we certainly power a minority of uh, games on any platform that exists today, but we counted at one point there were about eight franchises uh, that had made over a billion dollars gross uh, revenue worldwide that had been entirely powered by the Unreal Engine over the years. Um, so it's many thousands of games a year. Um, there are, gosh, over a million and a half users have signed up for Unreal Engine 4 um, since we released it uh, uh, for free, uh, since we released it a couple of years ago to the public. Um, and uh, it's certainly a, a force in the game industry, but because the source is out there, anybody can do anything with it. Right, right. But it's, I guess it's important to note, you're not a small stakeholder in this. I mean, you obviously have been involved in game development and not just making the games, but empowering other people to make games. Yeah, certainly. Epic's business as an engine provider and as an independent game developer fundamentally depends on Windows remaining an open platform. Um, and some powerful corporation not forcefully inserting themselves between uh, Epic and our customers of all sorts. Um, so I, you mentioned uh, Windows 8. I remember there was a lot uh, that happened around the announcement of Windows 8 and the Metro, Metro and the tiles. Specifically, Valve and, and Gabe came out very strongly against it. Uh, but that seemed to sort of settle down. Was that the same sort of uh, issue? I know he was talking about a walled garden and, and the store at that point as well. Yes, Windows 8 was the beginning of Microsoft's apparent attempt to use this WinRT and then UWP platform um, to transform Windows into a walled garden. Gabe spoke out about it initially. What happened with Windows 8 was the operating system wasn't very successful and the store itself that they had was so crappy that it didn't get traction and ended up not really mattering for the game industry. Right. But, you know, Microsoft is a company that 
will continue to try um, until they get something right. And so with Windows 10 now, and now with the release of major PC games from Microsoft on um, on the Windows 10 store, you know, this is a very serious effort they're making um, to 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 build up that store. Um, right. And uh, so the concern r- rises to the forefront now. Right. And uh, I know Tomb Raider, uh, a recent game, uh, was uh, was on that, and there was actually a lot of uh, discussion within the gaming community about how the version on Windows in the Windows 10 store versus the version in the Steam store compared. Uh, completely unrelated to the walled garden. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of issues that, frankly, it just was missing a lot. Um, is that something you've thought about as well, or are you more focused on the issue of, of the walled garden? Well, that's a completely independent issue. I think it's worth talking about that, too, um, because... Uh, and this gets into the good aspects of UWP, um, that if it, if Microsoft would open it up and commit very publicly and very clearly to being it being open, I think it would be a positive force for the game industry. Now, you know, it's a new API, um, and so it's lacking certain things that the old ones have, and so that manifests itself in the first wave, the very first wave of major uh, UWP games lacking certain features like proper vSync support. Right. But those are small problems, and those can be easily fixed, and I'm confident that Microsoft's engineers are awesome and will fix those. So I think we're always we're going to see very rapid progress towards bringing UWP up to parity, um, and I would certainly not uh, write it off in the long term as a result of that. Um, if you look at the launch of other new platforms, like iOS, for example, the thing, set of things you could do on your first iPhone was pretty minimal compared to what you can do today. And so I think it's perfectly reasonable to launch a new set of APIs with limitations compared to previous ones as long as it brings sufficient advantages as well. And to improve them over time to catch up and eventually exceed the alternative. So uh, I see that there could be a bright future ahead um, if Microsoft would just stop this silly thing what so what in your mind what would what steps would they have to take to make this an open platform well first and foremost they need to remove all all aspects of the operating system that relegate um other app stores to second class citizenship in the uwp world Um, which means number one you need to be able to go to any developer's website and download a windows program and install that from their website um of course, it will click, you know, pop up confirmation dialogues. But the process for installing a UWP app from the web needs to be just as open and straightforward as installing Steam from Valve's website or Shadow Complex from Epic's website or anything else. Um, number two, they need to expose the full set of features that the Windows Store itself uses for patching, updating, um, and maintaining UWP applications. Um, uh, as they have internally uh, for third-party use, so that anybody with an app store like Valve uh, or on a much, much smaller scale, Epic, uh, can do that sort of thing ourselves. And therefore, we can adopt the UWP platform um, and get the advantages of it without forcing all of our commerce through Microsoft Store. And I mean, because this has gotten off to such a bad and unclear start, I think you need a very clear commitment from a top-line Microsoft leader like Satya Nadella or even better, Bill Gates. Uh, everybody now trusts Bill, who's the, you know, humanity's number one philanthropist in our uh, in our lifetimes. Um, 
they need to come out and say, Windows will remain an open platform and UWP is, uh, is going to be a part of it and will remain open. Um, and I think if they did that, then developers would be like, okay, I get this. We're trying to replace these old APIs, which have issues related to trust and viruses and other problems, and replace them with these new APIs, UWP, and you know, we'll be able to move our future software there and rely on it, and it's not some uh, nasty plan um, where Microsoft is going to pull the, wool, pull the rug out from under us in the future. So, and, and I, I, part, of this, part of the problem, I assume, also is that if you're going through the store uh, to purchase things, you're also, uh, I don't know if this is a fixed rate, but you're also having to pay, what, 30% to Microsoft of any purchase? Or how does that part work? That's right. Um, Microsoft takes a 30% cut of all um, uh, purchases of applications and also a 30% cut of all in-app purchases of items uh, that affect the app. Yeah, so like if you were buying a book in Kindle and you get the book electronically, it's you know they, they expect a 30% cut of that. It's the same model that Apple has on iOS. Um, there's nothing wrong with that model. It's Microsoft Store. Uh, they should be able to make a buck from it. Uh, they should just not be able to tell everybody that you can only sell apps through our store. But so just to play devil's advocate for a second, obviously, I know you can you can actually sideload on the Mac. You know, you can go through steps and not use the store, but pretty much everybody uses the store. And on the iPhone, it's nearly impossible unless you jailbreak. Why why shouldn't Windows or Microsoft be able to just go ahead and create a walled garden and be just like Apple and, and the Mac? Well, PC isn't their platform. They wrote the Windows operating system. They don't build the hardware. Um, and an enormous ecosystem. The most vibrant software ecosystem in the entire world and in all history exists on Windows. Um, hey, games are just one aspect of it. Um, you know, there are 100 million Steam users, but then there's also all the software that powers the real world. Um, CAD software, AutoCAD for designing skyscrapers, um, you know, 3D Studio Max and Maya and Photoshop for all of the world's high quality production artwork. Um, it's all on Windows. Um, it's a critical infrastructure for humanity. Um, and Microsoft is the company that has by far the majority of operating system market share um, among computer operating systems. As a monopoly, they're, they're not entitled to use their control of that Windows operating system to tie it to control of other markets. Um, and that, that was really the essence of the Department of Justice's uh, trial against Microsoft. It was that there's nothing inherently wrong with having a majority of mar- market share. A lot of companies are in that position. They could not abuse their majority market share in one market in order to gain majority market share in other markets. They can't use their control of Windows to force control of app stores, of individual applications, of web browsers, and so on. They have a state, a code of conduct that they have to follow that uh, doesn't necessarily apply to much smaller companies. So it, it, it's in essence, I assume, sort of like arguing that uh, the internet is an inalienable right. Like at some point, you become so ubiquitous that you sort of lose the right to say, I'm going to do something terrible with this thing I created. Yeah, that's right. And that phenomena, it just wherever you have uh, one company that controls what's considered critical infrastructure um, for the economy, um, phone transmission lines apply, uh, power transmission lines that carry you know, power from city to city uh, apply to that. Um, there are certain things they uh, 
because they have a monopoly and they are in a critical position for the economy, uh, cannot do. So in, in your letter, uh, you you spell out a lot of what we just talked about and about the importance of an open PC system. Um, but it's important to note, you kind of touched on this a second ago, this isn't just about games, it sounds like. This is because if they have a Windows store that is like the App Store, it would be about productivity and all these other things. How impactful do you think it would be beyond gaming if they were to to make this sort of walled garden? Well, I think Microsoft would probably come to the very realistic understanding um, that major companies who consume, you know, industrial class software um, and major suppliers of that software aren't going to go through this mechanism. You see that already in Microsoft making a lot of exceptions to their licensing policy with the enterprise editions of Windows. Um, So I think, you know, that massive corporations are probably unaffected by this. But it is all about consumer consumer windows um, and that, you know, transactions between uh, mass market consumers and the software developers who provide software to them, like games or other mainstream programs, um, are definitely the target of uh, this Windows Store initiative. If you look at the Windows Store, like you don't actually even find Photoshop, AutoCAD, 3D right. Studio Max. All those programs are like weirdly lacking. Um, it's all about consumer games and stuff. Why do you think there isn't uh, more on there? It is sort of a, uh, a ghost town on uh, the Windows Store right now. Well, I think it's really stupid that Windows Store doesn't sell major Windows software. Like, by definition, Windows Store should sell Windows software. But right. it was this arises from Microsoft's decision to only support UWP applications in Windows Store. Actually, you can't even buy Microsoft Word in Windows Store. There's a link to it that takes you to a separate website where you go through a bunch of web pages and then download some software in your web browser because they couldn't put it in the store because it's not a UWP application. Oh. I, mean, I think uh, if I were building a store like that, I would certainly support both Win32 side-by-side uh, and UWP um, and let let all of the best software of all of these different categories uh, exist side-by-side and let UWP succeed on its own merits over time. I think there is a practical reason for Microsoft's decision, and that is that um, Win32 APIs are uh, not entirely uh, trustable. Uh, you know, you can write viruses uh, that run that way, and if you're downloading software from an arbitrary website on the Internet, uh, you really cannot trust it. And so this new UWP format provides a lot more sandboxing and isolation to ensure that um, you cannot use that as a vector for virus distribution. So, you know, if they were to open up the Windows Store to Win32 applications, then there would need to be some significant amount of investigatory work uh, done by Microsoft to ensure that each app vendor there is legitimate and that their app isn't uh, doing bad things. couldn't be like the iOS App Store where you have a million or two million different apps from developers all around the world. It would need to be a much, much uh, more tightly managed process. Is that? Do you see that coexisting in an open platform world? Like, do you think Windows, can the Windows Store exist and still have an open platform where you go and download not from the Windows Store? Of course. Yeah, Mac is exactly like that today. Um, and, and the truth is, uh, these 100 million Steam gamers uh, who download their games that way aren't going to be very receptive to using a store that's actually much, much more feature barren um, and 
much more limited um, than Steam itself. Uh, so I think the Windows platform has to have multiple stores coexisting. And also, not just multiple stores, but the ability to go to any company's website and to run their stuff. So uh, getting back to your conversations with Microsoft about this, how did you get to a level? I mean, well, let me back up. Did you personally have these conversations or was it more like? Oh, yeah. I was at Microsoft a couple of times. I've talked to Phil Spencer, um, who runs uh, gaming at Microsoft, really extensively about that. Um, and he's always been a very, very patient listener uh, to my concerns um, and has always uh you know, expressed what I think is a sincere intent um, to to do the right thing and to want to do the right thing. Uh, but, you know, the Windows 10 product is the amalgamation of decisions from a very large number of different people at Microsoft and the others I don't know and trust. And ultimately I end up just having to judge Microsoft's, to judge Microsoft by their actions um, right. and not the words of one individual um, because you really uh, cannot count on on everybody within the company uh, having the same mindset. Do you? How integral do you think you, uh, UWP is to Windows 10 as an operating system? Like, is that something that's really built into its core? Uh, no. At this point in time, I think you could just delete it, and Windows would still work largely fine. Um, almost all of the Windows operating system itself is built in the Win32 APIs, and almost all of the major apps that people use are built that way. It is, you know, hopefully uh, an application format that will take hold and be used much more widely in the future. But right now, it's just in the formative stages. Um, yeah, and that was the next question I was going to ask. Uh, Win32 has been around for a while, obviously. Do you feel like it, we're at a point where we need to have a new something, whether it be UWP or something else? Well... I think there's a real problem on PC that needs to be solved one way or another, and that is the problem of malware and viruses. Um, that uh, a Win32 program that's running um, has so much control and access over your computer that even unintentional bugs in that program can expose your entire computer to security risks. Like minor bl- bugs in the Chrome or Mozilla web browsers um, can allow a website to inject arbitrary executable code into it, um, which it then runs to take over your computer. That's a real problem. There are two different ways of solving that. The classic way that's defined by Unix is to um, assign to each running executable program a set of limited permissions, um, which say what parts of the system they can um, modify when they're running, um, and very tightly constrain them to only affect those parts of it. So, for example, you'd expect a web browser to run without permission to overwrite files in your operating system folder, right? That would just be logical. But that's not quite the case on Windows because of various limitations. Um, And so you end up with the other alternative, which is, instead of doing that, to create a new set of APIs that are implicitly sandboxed and and are designed from the very beginning um, to be secure, if you approach it from that direction, it's a much easier problem to solve. But then you have the inverse problem, which is that those APIs lack a lot of features you want. Right. Yeah. The controversy with like Tomb Raider, for example, arises from it lacking certain graphics card management features that you would really want. And so there's a lot of work needed over time to expand that to actually be workable and competitive. Uh, and I think the technical idea behind UWP is sound, and that it's a reasonable direction for Microsoft to take the PC industry, um, with the exception of... Turning it into their show. Um, 
do you think that, uh, I'm sorry, getting back to you, you talking to people about uh, sort of thwarting this problem, this upcoming problem, have you been in touch with anybody outside of Microsoft? Like, obviously, Valve has been pretty opposed to the idea, and there are other companies. Blizzard, I could imagine, wouldn't be a big fan. Have you all talked to other developers? I chat informally with a lot of developers about it. it. Epic isn't the sort of company that would like try to lead some sort of industry coalition. Um, I feel the power of the media, especially social media and non-mainstream media, is stronger now than ever. Um, you know, if you get your point out um, and you're right, the, it will be heard, um, and the best point always wins. Um, it's a it's a neat phenomenon that's much much more immune to kind of corporate PR uh, than past forms of media. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about it here out in the open, and I think this is the way that the problem, a problem like this will be addressed by people, developers, users, everybody in, who's a participant in PC ecosystems will talk about and resolve. And that if enough people care about this, especially the developers and publishers, um, then, you know, Microsoft will eventually have to satisfy them because they will not play along um, with this game aimed at taking customers away from them. Um, how how critical is getting this solved in the near term? Like, is this something that has to be done this month, or you know, what do you what do you think the time frame would be that this needs to be solved before it becomes a big issue? Well, right now, I think what we need is awareness of exactly what's happening with EWP, so that people don't without. People don't accidentally go down this path and then realize only once it's too late that now they're locked into Microsoft's Windows Store and they can't put their app on Steam. Uh, you know, there's a, a story that, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but if you try to throw a frog into boiling water, he'll jump right out. But if you put a frog in cold water and then slowly turn the temperature up, um, then you can boil him and he'll never notice uh, that the temperature of the water um, got too hot. Uh, the... The hope here is that we avoid uh, boiling the frog uh, by by starting to think about this and problem and deal with the problem very early on before it becomes so pervasive that Microsoft, with its hundreds of billions of dollars of market value, uh, can't just steamroll everybody. So if if uh, if the internet and gamers were that frog, and we're talking about this right now, and you've got a stove that goes from one to ten, where do you think we are on that scale? How hot is that water? Well, I think we're now uh, up to two, okay. uh, which is not bad. If you look at the number of games bought on Windows Store, especially AAA games, I imagine it's not one thousandth of the number uh, bought on Steam. Right. Uh, so it's a moderate problem, but uh, we are at the point now where Microsoft is heavily promoting this. Um, they're turning up the marketing of it. They're subsidizing it by releasing free games, um, and they're doing it in a way that's now appears to be increasingly closed, introducing UWP features related to Xbox Live uh, that you cannot get on Win32. It, it now looks like a real problem, not just a hypothetical problem, and I think it's a, a, an important time to really start dealing with it. Do you, it's, it's interesting when you look at Microsoft and the Windows Store, or whatever you want to call it over time. I mean, they've been trying to come up with a successful store for a long time, and have seemingly... Up, I won't. I won't count on ten either way right now. But up to this point, have failed miserably. Why do you think they struggle so much with coming up with a store that that people want to use? Well, I think it comes down to company philosophy. 
I was reading this book, Solve a New Machine, which describes designing one of the first mini computers. And there, the the designers uh, were unboxing a computer from a competitor. And when they opened the computer, they could basically see that company's org chart right there in the computer architecture. Like the networking division was at war with uh, the systems division, so the networking card had a really poor interface to the motherboard. And you know, you could break it down really one to one. When a company is run by individual career and corporate goals, it tends to make decisions that are antithetical to what consumers want. I would look at the absolute opposite of that as Apple. Like, look at an iPhone. What does this company tell you about Apple's org chart? Nothing at all. It's just a beautiful, wonderful product that's easy to use. And if you use every part of it, it's very hard to look at something there that is wrong or that everybody wishes were done better. Even if you have an opinion about one thing, probably 10 people have an opposite opinion. Whereas you can run Windows 10 today and just see all kinds of things that are just horrible from a consumer experience point of view. Like nobody who's searching for an application on the computer wants Bing spam in their search results, playing them, like, you know, playing all these popular articles about singers. Right. It makes no sense at all. Nobody wants all of their data be, to be collected and shuffled back to Redmond, but, you know, at any time there are like 20 open sockets connecting to different Microsoft servers, sending all sorts of quote unquote analytics data to Microsoft for God knows what purpose. It's like every VP there has some bonus that's tied to achieving some stated uh, goal and they're all out there to game their maximum bonus out of the system as opposed to asking what do users really want and how do we build the best operating system we can for users there's just uh, too much of it that was clearly built by people who do not want to use the software they're building um, but are trying to achieve some other goal than that so windows 10 is a product uh, of i would assume a previous uh, administration at Microsoft because it's been in development for so long. Do you think under the current leadership that things might change or do you think it's still kind of going along the same path? Look, I don't buy it. One word from Satya Nadella could have turned off all of that data gathering crap that Microsoft does. The keylogger, all that stuff makes no sense. They could have just said, no, turn it off. And it would have been done. Um, all the Bing search result crap, no. I grant that there are deep architectural decisions in the product that are the product of a decade or more of work. Um, some of the user interface decisions carried over from Windows 8 are not to my personal liking, but I kind of understand how it takes generations to fix that. But there's so many core decisions there that are just working against users, developers, publishers for supposedly for Microsoft's gain. That when you really do the math on whether people are going to like Windows 10 and whether it's going to gain market share over previous versions of Windows and whether it's going to enable PC to compete better against iPhone and iPad and all the other devices people can choose from in their lives, I think they're ultimately going to be prove, proved to be bad decisions for everybody except the VP whose bonus is tied to that one metric. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Polygon Newsworthy. You can subscribe to the show and get every episode delivered automatically as soon as it's released. Visit polygon.com slash newsworthy for links to subscribe in iTunes, your podcast player of choice, or to download each episode as an MP3. If you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, we'd also appreciate it if you rated the show. Really, it would mean a lot.